Hello my friends, this is Nikki. Welcome to episode 43 of Learning About the Lord. Today we'll be reading from volume 1 of Maria Valtorta, Poem of the Man-God. Jesus and John are walking. John says to Jesus, Why are you sighing, Master? And Jesus answers, Because the angels have abandoned the temple. Its feature of purity and holiness is now confined to its walls only. Those who should impress it into its soul, because every place has its soul, that is, the spirit for which it was built, and the temple has or should have a soul of prayer and holiness, those who should energize such spirit are instead the first to suffocate it. You cannot give what you do not possess, John. And if there are many priests and Levites living there, not even one-tenth of them are capable of giving life to the holy place. They give death instead. They transmit the death of their own souls, which are dead to what is holy. They have their formula, but they do not have the essence of them. They are corpses which are warm only because putrefaction swells them. Have they done you wrong, Master? John asks. He is all upset. No, says Jesus. On the contrary, they allowed me to speak when I asked to. Did you ask them? says John. Why? Because I do not want to be the one who starts war, says Jesus. There will be war in any case, because I will be the cause of a silly human fear for some, and the cause of reproach for others. But this must be written in their book not mine. And then John says that he's concerned that Jesus is getting tired. And Jesus says, I do not get tired. I will walk so much and I will never tire. And he means that he will never tire of his work, of enlightening our hearts and ensuring our souls return to heaven. Do you know what tires me, says Jesus? Indifference. Oh, what a burden it is. It is like carrying a weight on your heart. I love you, Jesus, says John. Yes, and you comfort me. I love you so much, John, and I always will, because you will never betray me. And that's true. John is the only one of Jesus' apostles who stays with him all the way to the end, through the passion, the agony, the carrying of the cross, and the crucifixion. John is at Jesus' feet at the cross. John says, Betray you? Oh! And Jesus says, And yet there will be many who will betray me. John, listen. I told you that I stayed here to teach a new disciple. He is a young Jew, educated and well-known. And he's talking about Judas Iscariot. Well then, says John, you will have to work much less with him than you have to with us, Master. I am glad that you have someone who is more capable than we are. Do you think I will work less? asks Jesus. Yes, says John. If he is less ignorant than we are, he will understand you better and serve you better, especially if he loves you. What you say is right, says Jesus. But love is not proportionate to education or formation. A virgin loves with all the strength of her first love. That applies also to the virginity of mind. 
and the Beloved penetrates and is more deeply impressed on a virgin heart and a virgin mind rather than on hearts and minds imbued with other loves. But if God wants, well, listen, John, I would ask you to be friendly with him. My heart shudders at the thought of putting you, an unshorn lamb, near the expert in life. But it subsides considering that you may well be a lamb, but you are also an eagle, and if the expert will endeavor to make you touch the ground, which is always muddy, the soil of good human sense, with a stroke of your wings, you will be able to free yourself and desire only the clear blue sky and the sun. That is why I ask you to remain as you are and be friendly to the new disciple, inspiring him with your love, because he will not be loved very much by Simon Peter and the others. So Jesus knows that Judas will tempt John, who is so pure, to sin. But John will not bend to sin, but remain pure always. O oh, Master, says John, are you not sufficient? I am the Master, says Jesus. Not everything will be said to me. You are a companion, and a little younger, to whom it will be easier for him to unbosom himself. I am not suggesting you should repeat to me what he tells you. I detest spies and traitors. But I ask you to evangelize him with your faith, your charity, your purity, John. It is a land defiled by stagnant waters. It must be dried up by the sun of love, purified by the integrity of thoughts, desires, and deeds, and cultivated with faith. You can do that. So here Jesus is asking John to help evangelize Judas Iscariot. He knows that Judas, Judas's soul is defiled by stagnant waters. He, he is not pure, not humble, not faithful. He is troubled and dark. And he obeys his own gods, not the God. So in an attempt to help Judas come to God, he asks his most pure disciple, John, to evangelize Judas. And John says, If you say I can, then yes. If you say I can do that, I will do it for your sake. And then he asks, Who is this disciple? And Jesus says, It is Judas. You have met him before. And John is a little bit perplexed, and he realizes who that is. And he says, Oh, it is him. And Jesus says, yes, I want you to love one another without preferences, helping one another mutually and bearing with one another. No one is perfect, John, neither the young nor the old. But if you have a good will, you will reach perfection and what is wanting in you. I will supply. You are the children of a holy family. In it, there are very different characters. One is strong. Another is sweet, one is brave, another is shy, or impulsive, or very cautious. If you were all alike, you would be really strong in one character, but very weak in all the others, whereas you thus form a perfect union, completed by you all. Love unites you, it must unite you for the sake of God's cause. And for your sake, Jesus, 
says John. And Jesus says, first the cause of God, and then the love for his Christ. And I, says John, what am I in our family? And Jesus says, you are the loving peace of the Christ of God. So here we see that John, who is known in the Bible as John the Evangelist, he is the first to evangelize Judas, well, the first after Jesus, I mean the first apostle to help Judas to come to a good understanding of the virtues of Christ and Christian behavior and mentality. And he evangelizes Judas Iscariot through his words, through his deeds, through his nature, through his lovingness. And Jesus asks him, please, because none of the others will be very much uh, pleased to have Judas Iscariot near them. But it is a trial. What, it, what I believe is that one of the reasons that Judas Iscariot was allowed to join the apostles is because he really pushed them and forced them into uh, maturing their own characters, into being able to deal with very difficult people, people who think differently, behave differently, have their own agendas. And it was very hard. Um, it's hard for us too sometimes when we find ourselves with people so different from ourselves. We just don't want to be around them. But the apostles had no choice. Jesus accepted Judas into the group. And I think it was mostly as a learning tool for the other apostles to learn how to evangelize all types of people, to learn patience, perseverance, tolerance, and improve their own behavior. And of course, Jesus always hoped that Judas would change and become an example of a good Christian. But we know that that never happened. Now Jesus is speaking directly to us. And he says, Another comparison between my John and another disciple. A comparison that makes the figure of my beloved disciple clearer and clearer. John is the one who divests himself also of his own way of thinking and judging in order to be the disciple. He is the one who gives himself without wishing to withhold even a particle of himself, as his self was before becoming a disciple. So in other words, as he was before becoming a disciple. Judas is the one who does not want to divest himself of himself. His donation is therefore unreal. Judas carries with himself his ego, diseased with pride, sensuality, and greed. He retains his way of thinking, and he thus counteracts the effect of the donation and of grace. Judas Iscariot, the first of all the apostles who failed, and they are so many. John, the evangelist, the first of those who become victims out of love for me. My mother and I are the sublime victims. It is difficult to reach us, nay, it is impossible, because our sacrifice was of total bitterness. But my John, he is the victim that all my lovers can imitate.
virgins, martyrs, confessors, evangelizers, servants of God and of the Mother of God, devoted to activity or contemplation. He is an example for everyone. He is the one who loves. Note their different ways of reasoning. Judas Iscariot investigates, quibbles, is obstinate. Even when he pretends to give in, he still has mental reservations. John, the evangelist, feels he is nothing. He accepts everything. He does not ask for reasons. He is satisfied with making me happy. That is the example. And did you not feel completely peaceful before his simple dear love? Oh, my John, accept everything, always saying as the Apostle, everything you do is well done, Master, in order to deserve to always hear me say, you are my loving peace. I need comfort as well. Give me it, my heart, for your rest. Now we'll continue on where Judas Iscariot and Jesus are walking together. And Jesus says to Judas, You know why I have come, and you may well realize that I am concerned with being the master of my disciples as the most important thing. I therefore want sincerity and trust from them. Was your father fond of you, Judas? And Judas Iscariot answers, He was very fond of me. He was proud of me. When I went back home from school, and even later, when I went back to Kerioth from Jerusalem, he wanted me to tell him everything. He took an interest in everything I did, and he would rejoice if they were good things, and he would comfort me if they were not so good. If, sometimes you know, we all make mistakes, if I had made a mistake and had been blamed for it, he would show me the fairness of the reproach I had received, or the injustice of my action. But he did it so gently. He seemed an older brother. He always ended by saying, I am saying this because I want my Judas to be just. I want to be blessed through my son. Jesus, who has been carefully studying his disciple all the time, truly moved at the evocation of his father, says, Now, Judas, be sure of what I am going to tell you. Nothing will make your father so happy as your being a faithful disciple. Your father, who brought you up, as you said, must have been a just man, and his soul will rejoice where he is awaiting the light, seeing that you are my disciple. But in order to be such, you must say to yourself, I have found my lost father, the father who was like an older brother to me. I have found him in my Jesus, and I will tell him everything, as I used to tell my beloved father, over whose death I am still mourning, that I may receive from him guidance, blessings, or a kind reproach. May God grant it, and above all may you behave so, that Jesus will always say to you, You are good, I bless you. Oh, yes, Jesus, says Judas Iscariot. If you love me so much, I will strive to be good, as you want and my father wanted me to be, and my mother will no longer have an aching pain in her heart. She used to say, You have no guide now, my son, and you still need one so much, when she knows that I have found you. 
I will love you as no other man could possibly love you, says Jesus. I will love you so much. I do love you. Do not disappoint me. No, Master, says Judas, I will not. I was full of conflicts, envy, jealousy, eagerness to excel, sensuality. Everything clashed in me against the voice of my conscience. Even quite recently, see, you caused me to suffer. That is, no, not you. It was my wicked nature. I thought I was your first disciple, and now you have just told me that you already have one. And Jesus says, You saw him yourself. Do you not remember that at Passover I was in the temple with many Galileans? And Judas says, I thought they were friends. I thought I was the first one to be chosen for such destiny, and that I was therefore the dearest. And Jesus answers, There are no distinctions in my heart between the first and the last. If the first one should err and the last one were a holy man, then there would be a distinction in the eyes of God. But I will love just the same. I will love the holy living man with a blissful love and the sinner with a suffering love. But here is John coming with Simon. John, my first disciple. Simon, the one of whom I spoke to you two days ago. You have already seen Simon and John. One was ill. Oh, the leper, I remember. Is he already your disciple? says Judas. Since the following day, says Jesus. And why did I have to wait so long? says Judas. Judas, says Jesus. You are right. Forgive me, says Judas. John has seen the master and he points him out to Simon. They make haste. John and the master kiss each other. Simon instead throws himself at Jesus' feet and kisses them, exclaiming, Glory to my Savior! Bless your servant that his actions may be holy in the eyes of God, and that I may glorify him and bless him for giving you to me. Jesus places his hand on Simon's head. Yes, I bless you to thank you for your work. Get up, Simon. This is John, and this is Simon. Here is my last disciple. He also wants to follow the truth. He is therefore a brother for you all. They greet each other, the two Judeans, inquisitively, John heartily. Simon smiles happily. Are you tired, Simon? asks Jesus. No, Master. With my health I have recovered a vitality I never felt before. And Jesus says, And I know you make good use of it. I have spoken to many people, and they all told me that you have already instructed them about the Messiah. Simon Zelot smiles happily. Also last night I spoke of you to one who is an honest Israelite. I hope you will meet him one day. I would like to take you to him. That is quite possible, says Jesus. And he asks him, Is that person in Bethany a true Israelite? Simon Zelot says, he is a true Israelite. His ideas are the prevailing ones, but he is really longing for the Messiah. And when I said to him, He is now among us, he replied at once, I am blessed because I am living this hour. So Simon Zelot is talking about his very good friend Lazarus. And we will learn a lot more about Lazarus in the time to come. 
We shall go to him one day, says Jesus, and take our blessing to his house. Have you seen the new disciple? I have, says Simon Zelot. He is young and seems intelligent. Yes, he is, says Jesus. Since you are a Judean, you will bear more with him than the others will, because of his ideas. Is that a desire or an order? asks Simon Zelot. A kind order, says Jesus. You have suffered, and you can be more indulgent. Sorrow teaches many things. If you give me an order, I will be totally indulgent to him, says Simon Zelot. Yes, says the Lord, be so. Perhaps Peter, and he may not be the only one, will be somewhat upset seeing how I take care and worry about this disciple. But one day they will understand. The more one is deformed, the more assistance one needs. The others, the others form properly, also by themselves, by simple contact. I do not want to do everything by myself. I want the will of man and the help of other people to form a man. I ask you to help me, and I am grateful for the help. Master, says Simon Zelot, do you think he will be disappointing you? No, says Jesus, but he is young and was brought up in Jerusalem. Oh, says Simon Zelot, near you he will amend all the vices of that town, I am sure. I was already old and hardened by bitter hatred, and yet I have changed completely after seeing you. And Jesus whispers, So be it. And then in a loud voice, Let us go to the temple. I will evangelize the people. So we saw in today's lesson the different characteristics of some of our apostles and how Jesus is very keenly aware of them, how he sees how they're going to mix with each other. He sets the youngest and the oldest. The youngest is John the Evangelist, pure, kind, simple, and loving. And the oldest is Simon Zelot, who suffered. He was a, a leper. He suffered very much in his life. He went from someone bitter and, and full of hatred to someone of great love and vitality in preaching the Lord. And he asks them both to sort of bookend Judas Iscariot and to help bring him along and teach him and be patient with him and help him develop his soul into being a true Christian. And God asks that of each of us, that we are kind to each other, helpful, uh, forgiving, patient, and that we help to guide each other to lift ourselves to higher and higher elevations, to a greater capacity for love for each other and for God. We're all in this together. And the more we help each other, the more we all rise together to be closer and closer to God and better and better Christians. So with that, I say thank you for joining me. I ask the Lord to bless you. Go with God.